So we're going to talk about, uh, we, we, we've been like off and on talking about our four-part vision here at Coastline. It's coming on the screen right now. And, and the reason we do this every year periodically is because I would never want to be a part of something that I didn't understand the vision of. I would never want to give my money to something or serve with my time or any of my resource if I didn't really understand what 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 that organization or that gathering was about. First of all, we're about Jesus Christ, obviously. And so you'll see that all throughout our vision. But um, so I'm going to read the four parts of our vision that we feel like God's given us to hone in on. And then we'll talk about what we're going to talk about today. We have a vision, our vision to impact future generations for Christ. We have a vision to present Christ in a relevant way to the culture he's placed us in. We talked about Zacchaeus that week. We have a vision to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast, and we talked about Cornelius that week. And then we have a vision to show the compassion of Christ through action to the hurting, hopeless, and needy, which is here and, and through our food pantry and through our feeding programs and abroad with our missionaries. And you'll hear, hear about that the last Sunday of this month. But today we're going to talk about the part of the vision that we have a vision to impact future generations for Christ. When God called Raina and I here uh, 10 years ago, uh, June will be our 10-year anniversary, and, and I, Raina and I were talking a few days ago, and we actually signed a lease on the first house we ever lived in 10 years ago, and I was going to show you some pictures of Raina and I 10 years ago when we first moved here, but it's bad. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, but from the very beginning, very beginning, Rain and I knew that God had called, put it up on our hearts to impact future generations. Not only did we have our own children, but we had been in youth ministry and we'd seen the impact that God could have through a body of Christ who were invested in future generations. And so Psalms 127.3 says this, children are a heritage from the Lord. Okay. Children are a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward from him. And then the message says it like this. I love this. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? And and so sometimes they don't act like the best (laughs) gift. Sometimes they don't smell like the best gift. Sometimes... But, but the Bible is very clear on how, and, and, and you read all through the Old Testament, and I'm going through the Reading the Bible in a Year program right now, and it's got me over in Exodus, and time and time again, God's giving these instructions to adults, and, and time and time again, he says, look, do this so that your, the future generations will remember how great of a God I am. They will remember what I've done. And so today, you're just going to kind of get tracked through from the time a child is born all the way up to the youth ministry, which you just saw some of. And so, um, yeah, here's a video that we'll start right now of our early childhood development program that uh, Pastor Joe Lambert's a part of. And so here goes the video, and then just enjoy the rest of the day. Hey, Coastline Community Church. I'm Joe Lambert, the early childhood director. Now, back here, we have ages 0 to 5. Zero to five, we split up into three different classes from ages zero to 23 months, two and three-year-olds, and the four and five-year-olds. Since you generally don't get to always come back here and be a part of our classes, we thought we'd show you a little bit of what we do back here on each on any given Sunday. So first up, we have the two and three-year-olds. And in here right now, they're just doing an awesome, fun game, getting everything started. Take a little look at what we got going on.
love working with the early childhood ministries. It is a blessing to my heart just to see these little children learn about God and, and to see them embrace the love of God is, is truly amazing. Awesome. Next up, we're going to our four and five-year-olds. Now, these guys, they do a little bit more adult-sized activities. They do a lot of fun. We have a ton of kids in here today. They're also in the middle of the game section right now. Each day, they have a game section. They have a Bible and uh, worship section. And then they have a make-it-stick uh, make section. This is where we do a craft, a fun activity that really just brings all of our Bible lesson, brings everything together, just so that when they leave the day, they know what we taught. Take a look at what they're doing. teaching the kids about Jesus and just seeing their faces light up and um, just knowing that they're growing in the Lord. Lastly, we have our nursery. Now this is ages 0 to 23 months. Now these are our littlest guys and we just have a fun, easygoing stretch of class. They get to hang out, play games, play with toys. We get to pray over each and every one of these children every Sunday. We make sure they're all checked in regularly. Their diapers are clean and they're just having a great time. What I love is it gives me a chance to serve my Lord and give back because He has done so much great stuff for me in my life. And I just love all these little babies. I love them. And, and yes, yeah, sweetie, it's okay. One, there is only one, one, one. His name is Jesus, and He is God's Son. There is only one. Awesome. Thank you all. Thank you. Uh, I'm Joe Lambert, the Early Childhood Director. That basically means I get to take care of the youngest and the smallest we have in the church, and they're just so precious to me. Um, it's pretty amazing. If you have kids and you walk back to the hallway regularly, I'm the guy in the corner doling out the high fives. I'm like the high five guy. It's kind of my thing. Um, uh, I love it because now most kids, when they see me, they run straight to me and they want to give me a high five, and I, and I just love it. It's uh, uh, it's awesome being back there. And so for those of you who don't get to see me, you got to see a little bit in the video of uh, how we do things back there, how our classes are structured. So uh, thank you. I just want to thank each and every one of you for allowing me to be in this position. It's uh, it's one of the just the best things of my life. It's a dream job for me to be able to work with kids on a regular basis and to, to have your trust and support. You guys are such a blessing to me. I love working with your kids. It's just uh, uh, it's so amazing for me. So I hope you enjoyed the video. You got to see a little bit of uh, how our classes are structured. Now, we have a vision back there as well for the kids, and that's for them to know absolutely three things by the time they turn six. So I've got them from zero to five, and so we impact them uh, each month with these three things, and that is that God made them, God loves them, and Jesus wants to be their friend forever. So each month, we just take one of those themes, and uh, everything we do from the game uh, to our worship to our Bible segment to our craft at the end has something to do with one of those three things, so that when they leave there for the day, they have a craft that, that has a Bible verse on it that says something like, God made them, God loves them. Uh, so every time they leave uh, Sunday service. They know exactly what we taught. They remember it. They'll learn Bible stories. They'll learn about uh, different Bible characters. And so we just, we really want to impact them with those three things. So by the time they turn six and move up out of my area, 
they're just ready to start hearing uh, more salvation messages, and they're just ready. They're on point there for it. Um, uh, and for me personally, this is just such a blessing to, to be a part of a ministry like this. Growing up, uh, Sunday school and, and like early childhood development classes meant so much to me. It's uh, uh, it's such a big thing to the point where even where you'll hear from our youth pastor later, Pastor uh, Anthony, his his mom was one of my biggest uh, role models growing up. I'll remember her forever for the rest of my life. She was a Sunday school teacher for me, and every Sunday I would look forward to going to her class, and she would teach and train me uh, to the point where now where I hear Bible stories, where I hear stuff, I'm just like, oh, I remember that. That's such an awesome story, and it all goes back to early childhood development where every Sunday I was just impacted by amazing leaders and volunteers, um, which thank you for those of you who do volunteer with me. You guys are so amazing. Give it up for them. Yes. Thank you. They are wonderful. Uh, each and every one of my leaders or volunteers, when you check your kids in, uh, they are so highly trained, so well. Uh, uh, they love being there, being able to minister to your, ki- to your kids. Like you heard in some of the, uh, the testimonies, it is amazing to get to work with these kids and just see them light up, see them when they learn and they connect with the message for the day. Uh, my volunteers love it. And on that point, any given Sunday, it takes at least 21 different people for early childhood development to work. That's a lot of people for week to week. Uh, so my current volunteers, thank you for that for being faithful. You are awesome. It couldn't work without you. Uh, and if you were looking to get involved and you don't know where, uh, where to get involved and you're interested in kids, come find me afterwards. I would love to talk to you. Um, uh, uh, and on that point, we have a vision to impact future generations. And so it starts with me in zero to five. I take care of the littlest ones. But once they turn six, they move up into Pastor Ben's area, and, uh, and it just moves seamlessly. We, we all work together to just make sure your kids have the best experience back there. Uh, so let's take a look at uh, Pastor Ben's video he's got for us today. Woohoo! Good morning. Hey, that is just so much fun. Um, we, we absolutely love what we do. I've got some of my best friends that want to come and crash your party. I told them don't worry about all the uh, old people behind them. So do me a favor and uh, welcome my little rippers. Jacob, Jacob, down here. You guys just take a seat on the floor. Just take a seat right there. You're good, you're good, you're good. You can face me, though. Yeah. Don't look at them. They're weird. Look at me. Look this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right. Just break your heads this way. All right. Good stuff. Hey, we we have, uh, I heard Joe talking about leaders. Leaders are so important, and I just, uh, I'm thankful for all the leaders that we have in Little Rippers. And uh, so if you've ever been a Little Ripper leader, if you plan on being one, you know, God's going to move it in your heart. Just thank you. Uh, it's just such a big part of what we do. You guys are uh, why we're here. This is this is what church is all about. This is what we do. This is our life. And um, we've, we've been talking in the Little Rippers about two things. We found, you know, we, we kind of have two goals, which are discovery and connection. Everybody say discovery. discovery. Say connection. connection. We always want you to, like, discover something new about God, right? And that's why we have lessons. That's why we kind of go deep into the Bible and stuff and we have connection too so that you can connect with incredible leaders and you can connect with kids and have fun and stuff. And uh, that, That's why you see we have a bunch of games and we do a bunch of fun stuff, but it's so important to discover something new about God. It's important to connect with each other and stuff. In the Little Rippers, we also, we've been talking about a three-part vision. Everybody say three. three. Cool. Can we, can we get that vision? All right, good stuff. So this is the Little Rippers vision. It says, God gives me purpose. Everybody say purpose. 
It's not porpoise. It's not a dolphin. God gives us purpose. And then we say that I can trust God no matter what. Everybody say trust. Good stuff. We can trust God. And then we say that my relationship with Jesus comes. Where does it come? First. Absolutely. So God gives me purpose. That means to me that like no matter what is going on in my life, like I know that God made me. Right? God made me. He created me. He designed. He developed a plan for my life. And only through him can I find my purpose in God, no matter what I'm doing. And then I can trust God no matter what. Say trust. trust. Tell your neighbor trust. Good stuff. So we, we, we say we do that no matter what's going on, no matter what I've done, no matter who I am, no matter what I plan on doing, like I can trust God because he's always got my back. He loves me that much. It doesn't matter where I come from, what I look like, what my grandma smells like. Like I can trust God no matter what, right? And then my relationship with Jesus comes first. That even though I'm a kid and I, I'm still busy, like I have school and I've got homework and I've got... You know, I love to play video games. Who doesn't? Yeah, I do, definitely. We, we love to, like, you know, go see movies and good stuff. And all that makes us busy, right? Are you busy? Yeah, you feel busy sometimes? No? Okay, well, good for you. All right. Well, but my relationship with Jesus comes first. Like, when I wake up in the morning, it should always be about Jesus. He should be the first thing that I put in my heart. My relationship with Jesus comes first. So purpose, say purpose. purpose. Trust. And first, good stuff. So these are, these are Little Rippers. They are just rock stars. We love these guys. We have so much fun. They don't want to be in here anymore. They want to go back and have fun and uh, learn more about God. So we're going to let them go. So um, you guys can roll out. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Stop biting him. All right. And I, I just wanted to take a minute and share with you a little bit about why this is so important to me, why impacting future generations means something to me. Is um, I grew up in a, a household that we didn't, we didn't really go to church, and it, it took a while. It took, um, you know, not until I was in high school for someone to invite me. Before then, my life was just filled with, uh, you know, the typical radical salvation story is, you know, um, I, I was involved in partying and, and drugs, and I was involved in a few different gangs in our city. And my, uh, my high school, I was one of the leading, like, drug dealers in our high school at the age of, like, 13. I, I, you know, pills and, and weed and anything else that you can think of. And I didn't want my Little Rippers to hear all this because we want to kind of protect their innocence. But that's why it's so important for, you know, somebody had come in and um, invited me to go to church one day. And it just rocked my world. And it was the people, it was the volunteers, but it was this overwhelming love of God that just said, you know what, I'm here for you, no matter what's going on in your life. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I, I get really excited about this story because it means so much to me. My, I, my mom's supposed to be here, I don't know if she's here in this service or not, so sorry mom, you know, you're hearing all this and uh, we did not plan this. Um, my, my, mom's, my mom's like, oh God. And my sister's with her, and my sister's probably like, I told you, I told you. But, um, it's, it's, it's all real, because here's, here's the truth. is like, without, without the church, without God's overwhelming love, like, I wouldn't be here today. I would be in a jail or a body bag. And 
It's all about impacting future generations. So what you do in giving, what you do in praying, what you do in serving, it blesses people like me, and I, I can't thank you enough. Um, and, and that's why what Anthony does in the anchor is incredibly important. So uh, I, I don't have a good transition besides watch his video because it's awesome. I love it. Amen. Seriously, um, I know that you guys saw in each one of these videos just different levels of impact from the youngest to all the way up to high schoolers. And I don't want to be a broken record, but I think today is the day to be that. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for prayers, for, for you know, those of you who tithe and, and give offerings to, to make this kind of stuff happen. Like Ben said, I mean, it's, it's literally uh, a hinging point on a lot of lives. You know, young people, especially the, the age group that I work with, they're trying to figure out who they are in this world and where they fit. And so your prayers and your support and your involvement are crucial. Amen? So why don't you put your hands together one more time for what God is doing up in here. So, you know, like, uh, like Joe and Pastor Ben both said, um, it, it, it's impossible without our volunteers. <laughs> like, literally impossible. A couple years ago, before we did a big volunteer push on a Sunday, Wednesday nights were kind of scary for me. Because, you know, we had, you know, 100 teenagers showing up, but we had, you know, 10 you know, so, uh, leaders, and we're like, you know, we got to, let's just... Pray in the spirit this whole time and just let God lead because if something goes down, we're in trouble, you know, but, but nothing's ever happened, praise God, and, and thank God we have a church who rises to the occasion, and now, man, we have an amazing team of volunteers that give of their time and energy on a Wednesday night. Most of them come straight from work <laughs> to hang out with a bunch of crazy teenagers, so we need to put our hands together for those guys because they are amazing. Wow. <laughs> just awesome it makes a difference so if you're in here and you do serve in that capacity thank you so much I mean I I I don't know if I say it enough um you guys make Wednesday nights possible so thank you thank you thank you thank you and uh just like Pastor Joe said uh if you uh, are hearing all this and you want to be involved and by the way yes you do want to be involved um we're going to be over here at this uh, info table after service, all three of us, and we'd love to talk to you, and, um, and maybe you could sign up to be involved in one of these ministries. Amen? Awesome. Well, listen, at the Anchor, our goal is to show teenagers that they have hope. Everyone say hope. That they have hope, and his name is Jesus. And that's why we chose the anchor kind of as our symbol and as our name, because we base it off of the verse in Hebrews. We have this hope that is an anchor for our soul. It's sure and steadfast. Amen? And so I think that young people, especially in this day and age, they need to hear that. They need to know that they have hope. And so they don't always have to do what culture says they should do. Instead, we want them to understand that through the power of the Holy Spirit, they can actually create culture around them. 
And so that the, the culture that they are living in and growing up in, although it is crazy, takes notice of their lifestyle and, and how they're living. And they're like, wow, there's something different about them, and, and i got to know more about that. And then that opens up this door for our young people to share the gospel. And that's huge, amen? And so that's what we want from our young people. And so we, we talk about a bunch of different things on Wednesdays, and we talk about what it really looks like to serve and follow Jesus. And we talk about things that matter to them. For instance, this month, We've been talking about love and dating and sex. <laughs> and we've just been keeping it real, man. And, and because here's the thing. That age group is hearing it from everywhere else. And so the church should not be silent on it. Amen? And so we need to tell them the truth of God's word on the matter. And, and it's just been an awesome time. In fact, last night we went to a purity conference called Silver Ring Thing. And uh, almost 40 people went with us to that. And it was just awesome for them to hear uh, what it really means to, to, to um, just focus on Jesus, you know. And, and relationships and everything, they're important. And they're important to teenagers. And again, that's why we're, we're talking about it. But the most important relationship you'll ever be in is with your Savior. Amen. So we're talking about that, and we talked about how to flee youthful lust, and we talked about how really the whole foundation of, of all of these things is knowing who you are. But the thing is, you don't know who you are until you know whose you are. And so that's the, that's the foundation for the whole month is knowing whose you are. You're a child of God if you've surrendered to Jesus Christ. And so it all starts there. So this part of our vision here at Coastline, it matters because from birth to college, these years fly by. Parents in this room, am I right? We, we only have a small amount of time to teach the truth of God's word to our kids. Now, um, I have three kids, and, and two of my sons are going to be five and two next week. Isn't that crazy? Five and two. And then my daughter, Ruby, is going to be four months old. And, and it just, it's crazy that they're already that old. So I can't imagine how some of you feel, you know, with your teenager in, in our ministry or maybe your child has grown up and, and moved, moved away. But we need to refresh ourselves on what this God-given vision really means. Impacting future generations. Like that sounds, okay, yeah, got it. Impacting future generations. So babies, kids, teenagers, got it. But listen, if, if that's what you think it is, then, then you missed it. And, and God's done a work in my heart this month as we've been talking about vision is because sometimes we read future generations and that's exactly what we think. Babies, kids, teenagers, they're the future. That's true. However, let's, let's read this vision together one more time. Really, uh, let, let's just all lift our voices and mean this. And one, two, three, here we go. We have a vision to impact future generations for Christ. That word generations. Now, do we, we grasp what this means? Okay? Do we know what generation means? Let, let's look at it. Okay? I, I did you all a favor. We're going to pull it up. Uh, this is the definition. Generation. Look at this. The average period generally considered to be about 30 years during which children are born and grow up, become adults, and begin to have children of their own. So the implication here is huge. Impacting future generations, you're not just impacting kids and teenagers. You're actually impacting their future kids and teenagers, right? It's a generational thing. And a lot of young people today are caught in this generational curse, right? And, and, and our prayer is that that curse ends with them and that they break that through the power of Jesus and, and that they, they grow up with a, a holy fear of God and a love for Jesus to where one day when they have their own families, they will lead them in the way that they should be leading them. 
Amen? So generations, it's, it's huge. And, um, and that's why this part of our, our vision is so crucial here. Because we want them to be God-honoring, Christ-loving individuals for when they are adults and have families of their own, that they put a priority on the things of God. A priority. Because I, I, I know many people in this room may say, man, like I didn't have that. Growing up, I did not have, you know, a, a youth group or a family that put a priority on the things of God, and we want to do that. So that's huge, um, and, and that leads me to this point. In, in nearly seven years, that's crazy. I've been here for almost seven years. Uh, in, in the nearly seven years that I've been working with teenagers here at Coastline, um, something that I hear um, every once in a while from adults and and parents alike, uh, from all age groups, not just the groups that I work with, is, you know. I turned out okay, right? Or, you know, oh, yeah, I know that's not right, but, you know, I did that, and, you know, I, I turned out okay. Um, and and here, please hear me on this, okay? The goal is not to just be okay, because God has such a huge plan for all of our lives, so do not settle for just okay, right? And so just because, oh, I did that when I was there— Hey, we all make mistakes, but let's lead them in a new and fresh way saying, hey, yes, I did that, but you shouldn't and you don't have to because there's a better way. And his name is Jesus. Amen. And so it's, it's not okay to just settle for okay. Okay. Because God has an amazing plan for you and God has an amazing plan for your kids. And in this world, this crazy messed up world that our kids are growing up in, they can't settle for okay. I believe that God is going to raise up a generation of young people who are so on fire for Jesus that the world has to take notice. And, and that's, that's where amazing moves of God take place, is, is through young people. Young people who really grasp it and get it and want to live differently and want to go against the grain in this wild world, world that we live in, right? Because I don't know about you, but if you're raising kids, especially young kids, you know, if, if I'm not careful, I allow fear to come in. Because I see what's going on all around us, and I'm like, man, you know, they're only five, two, and four months right now, but what's it going to be like in ten years, right? So, man, we, we have to take this time now, seize the moment, and show them the truths of God, and show them what it looks like to live for God, amen? And so, so God has huge things in store, and, and, and we don't want to train young people to be closet Christians, okay? We want them to be bold with their faith. We want them to be proud of their faith, just like Pastor Jason said last week. We, we want that to just emanate from them. We want that to, to flow out of them naturally. And guess what? That is not solely on us. That's not just the anchor or the cosine, uh, you know, vision. It needs to be the vision for your family. It absolutely needs to be that. You heard me right. At Anchor, we meet every Wednesday night except for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And so that's, that's honestly a lot more frequent than the average youth group. And you may hear that and you say, wow, that's great. They meet 50 times a year. Good for them. But did you know that in a year's time, there are 8,760 hours, 8,760 hours in a year. So we have service. Let's round up a couple hours a week. So not including small groups, camps, or anything extra. We only have 100 hours to impact your student out of the 8,760 hours. So let this challenge you, parents and adults, even if you don't have kids, let this challenge you to rise to the occasion, 
right? Because this is an opportunity we have to raise up world changers, right? But we got to take that seriously. And, and if you feel like, you know, someone dropped the ball and messed up and, and they didn't really raise you in the ways of God and all that, but you feel like you're just now kind of grasping this thing called Christianity, that's fine. So lead by example, amen? You don't have to, to be the way your parents were or your upbringing was, and that's what we try to communicate to, to every individual, okay? Because a lot of our teenagers are coming from some rough situations, and that's just the, the world we live in. So, again, 8,760 hours. We only have an opportunity about 100 hours in a year to impact them. So when it comes to impacting future generations, I think that our church does a stellar job. I really do. I'm so proud to be a part of a church that, that has that as their vision, uh, part of their vision. Because I, I, I know that's from God. Absolutely. But it can't just be all on the church. Right? Because we can't fix your kids and we can't raise your kids that's, that's the, the mandate of God, like to, to point to them in the way they should go, right? And, you know, the, Psalm 127 says children are like hand, uh, arrows in the hand of a warrior, right? And so whenever we point them in the way they should go, we, we release them. But we have to make sure they're pointed in the right direction. And we got to make sure that there's enough that we've done in their life to, to when we're ready to let them go, boom, they're heading in the right direction. Amen. So listen, when it comes to impacting future generations, I think our church, again, does an amazing job, but we need parents and adults to, to rise up and grab hold of this vision for their families. Do you think that as a young person, I had dreams of preaching and being a pastor? Heck no! No way I didn't have dreams of being a pastor and preaching. No. But you know what I did have? I had a youth pastor... Pastor Jason and Miss Raina, who taught the Word of God in such a way that I wanted to know Jesus more. I wanted my life to be different. I had youth leaders who were involved in my life. I had a praying mom and dad who never gave up on me. <laughs> That's what I had. And and here here's the crazy part in all of this. Um, my mom and dad. They didn't make me go to church, but they didn't have to. And now, is that because I just loved going to church? <laughs> no, not always. But here's the thing. It wasn't ever forced, because I hear this a lot. I don't want to force my kid to go to church, you know. It was never forced. It was just prioritized. It was just what our family did. So, hey, Sunday morning, all right, guys, let's go to church. And trust me, I know the struggle is real, especially with young kids, just to get out the door. Amen? I know. I get it. But listen, too often families, they prioritize schedules, but we fail to schedule priorities. And so whenever we put all this priority on a schedule, all right, you got to be here at this time. You got to do this. You got this practice. You got this thing. Then we, we allow these moments, these precious moments with our young people. to, to we, we feel like we're creating moments, and yes, we are, but we also have to put such a priority on the things of God. And I know there's a balance. I get it. But we have to, we have to schedule priorities. And so I think one of the challenges today Yes, this is Future Generation Sunday, but one of the challenges is for us as adults, what are our priorities and are we showing that to our kids and to the young people around us? Like, is our priority like, oh yeah, you know, you're going to play this sport or do this activity or make all A's and, you know, all these things are great. 
And, the, and they, sh- they maybe should be part of your priority list. But man, is the top priority the things of God? To be around people of like faith, to be involved and connected with the body of Christ, right? It's important. And that's where we all need to land when it comes to raising our kids and leading young people that are in our lives. Now, something you have to realize is this. I made this statement. Do you think that I had dreams of preaching and being a pastor? Um, to which I emphatically said no. Something you have to realize is this. Your kids may very well live out your prayers for them. It's true. Like, when you've got a burden for your own child or the young person that's in your life, you've got to pray God's will over their life because I hate to break it to you, but very few young people are doing that for themselves. So we can't just, oh, they go to church and and I saw them with a Bible, so they're probably fine. No, pray for the future generation, especially if you have your kids of your own. Like, pray for them because it very well could be that they will live out the prayers that you've prayed for them. Amen? Because I have no doubt that the life I'm living right now, I have no doubt about this. It is directly related to the prayers of my mom and dad and, and people in my life that believed in me. I have no doubt about it. And so it scares me when I think that there are young people being raised in this crazy world who don't have people praying for them, who don't have people who have their back, right? So we, as parents and adults, need to rise to the occasion and take this seriously, set our priorities the way they need to be, and lead young people in the way they should go. And I understand when you're praying for someone's future, especially, you know, parents in here, some of those would, you know, I know it's a faith prayer, but some situations is like, that's a faith prayer, right? Lord, like maybe you're thinking of your situation and your kid or your teenager, or maybe your adult that is now grown and, and no longer in the house. And you're thinking, man, all right, I get it. I need to pray, but I'm telling you, that's going to take some faith, but that's Okay. Because my Bible says faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. (laughs) Amen? Never stop praying for your kids. Never lose hope. Maybe some of you have a wayward wayward child and you feel like, man, I feel like I've tried everything and done everything in my past. Keep praying. Keep praying. I've heard too many testimonies of families that that never stopped praying and believing for the young person. It's got to know that those seeds that have been planted, man, God's going to water those just in time, right in the right time. And they're going to grow up and and lead their family in the way they should. Amen. Um, Brooke and I, uh, we we started doing this devotion for Lent, and it's not something that we normally do. We we just saw this, and it was like, wow, this this would be good. We should go through this. And this week has been really crazy. And so I'm going to confess to you guys, I missed a couple of days of my devotion. What? The pastor didn't? No. I missed a couple of days of my devotion. And Brooke was like, hey, you know, this Sunday's Future Generation, have you read day three? I was like, ah, you know, I had to fess up. I missed a couple of days. So I went back and read it, and it blew my mind. And it just shows how God is just so sovereign, and he knows exactly what we need to hear right on time. And so this word was for me, but it is absolutely for us as a church when it comes to this part of our vision. Look at Psalm 78, 4 through 8. This was in our devotion. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power 
and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob and he gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. Look at this. This is, this is amazing. So the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Look at this closing verse here. Then they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. So if we really take God's word seriously, which we do here, we have an opportunity to walk out of here and be able to make a statement like that. Man, I'm going to do everything I can, even if I've done everything I could, and I'm going to just pray, 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 and have hope and believe so that they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Man, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Raising this next generation in, in the things of God, teaching them, don't keep it from them. And again, this right here is not something that's just written to the church and church leaders. This is written to Christians, families, parents. So this challenge is for all of us. Whether you have kids or not, it's for all of us to do all we can to live in such a way that the future generation sees how we're living. We're teaching them, leading by example, setting our priorities the way they should be so that they will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. So let's bow our heads in this place. Maybe, you know, you're not prioritizing the things of God because at this moment you're realizing now you don't have a relationship with God. Like maybe you're hearing all of this and And you're realizing that you might have fallen into that category of you've not surrendered your heart to Jesus. So even though this is a future generation Sunday, it's not a salvation message, we always want to give an opportunity for someone to surrender their hearts to Jesus. So if that's you, you're in this place and you realize now, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus and I need to get on track. Or maybe you've wandered away and you need to get back on track. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? No one's looking around, but if that's you, yeah, I see your hand. Awesome. Anyone else? Awesome. Praise God. Listen, for those who raised their hands, I'm just going to lead a quick prayer, but it's, it's, it's not my prayer that is bringing your salvation. It's your faith that you're placing in Jesus. Open up your heart and invite him in or return to him. I'm going to lead this prayer. Would you just open your heart now? Invite him in. Jesus, thank you so much for coming to this earth, living a perfect, sinless life so that you could be a perfect sacrifice to take away my sin, our sin, to put us in right standing with you, God. Well, we believe that you did those things by dying on the cross. and We believe that you died, but you rose again three days later, and you're alive today. So God, in the meantime, in the meantime of... Until we see you face to face, God, give us the strength we need by the power of your Holy Spirit. Give us the strength we need every day. We love you and we thank you. Thank you for saving us, Jesus. 
And listen, let's all, um, if you're able, stand to our feet as we close. I want to say one more prayer just over all of us. Because listen, we're, we're all in this together. And so I'm not exempt from this. The staff is not exempt. It doesn't matter if you serve or not. Uh, there is no exemption here. We can all do a better job keeping our priorities straight. Because listen, your kids see those. They see them. And if you don't have kids, the young people in your life or around you, they see an adult and they know you by your priorities. So man, let's lead well. Let's live well so that we can lead this future generation in the way they need to go. So I'm just going to say a closing prayer for all of us that, that, that God would do something in our hearts as we leave this place and, and maybe help us just to maybe assess our priority list and be like, yeah, you know what? I've been putting too much emphasis on this. I need to, I need to lead my family. Men in this room, listen, it's amazing that you're here because too often the church is full of women who are, who are assuming the role of priesthood in their homes. And so, so man, I commend you for being here, but lead your families. Lead your families. And listen, if... If, if you're a, a woman in this room and there is no father figure in your household, man, by the power of God, he's going to give you the strength you need to lead your family. So we're just going to say a prayer that God would just empower every person in this room, whether you have a family, whether you don't, whether your kids are grown and gone, whether they're babies, that God would just give us the strength we need to set our priorities straight and to lead our families the way we should. Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Jesus, thank you so much for the word that you have spoken, God. Thank you, Lord, for fresh vision. God, this may be a vision that we've had for a decade, but God, this is a vision that you've had since the beginning of time, God, that you, you believe in the future generation. So I thank you, Lord, that we're all going to take this seriously, Lord. We're going to leave this place, God, just looking at our priority list, Lord, and assessing what we need to move around to, to make sure that you are at the top of that list, God. Help us lead our families in the way we should. Help us put a priority on the things of God. God, help us have a burden for our kids. Help us never stop believing and having hope. God, for those in this room who have kids who are far from God. God, we're not giving up on them. God, maybe they feel like hope is lost and hope is gone. Lord, would you restore that hope in their heart right now? God, may they leave this place with a fresh wind in their sails, Jesus. Thank you, God, that whoever these kids are, they're coming back home. Protect them, God. Guard their hearts and the seeds that have been planted, God. I pray that you would just allow those to spring up. We thank you so much for the work you're doing in all of our hearts. Give us the strength we need, Jesus, day by day. Because we're going to mess up. We're going to fail. We're going to get our priorities all out of whack again. But God, help us do our very best to walk the path you have for us, Jesus. We pray all these things in your name.